0: Hello and welcome to May I Have This Dance, a podcast from the Human Awareness Institute or HI among friends.
1: We're here because we love having real, rich, juicy conversations with people. We strip down with the people we interview, figuratively and only sometimes literally, to the undercurrent of what it means to be human through the lens of love, intimacy and sexuality.
0: As an organization, HI is a place to explore and embrace our humanness. Obviously, a podcast can't replace our workshops, but we do hope that in these interviews you are able to catch a glimpse of who we are and what we do.
1: Shall we get started with the interview?
0: Let's do it! Hello, my name is Haya.
1: And I'm Kate. Welcome to Season 2 of May I Have This Dance.
0: We are super excited to be here with you for our second season.
1: Mm-hmm. And we're starting off with one of our best episodes to date, I would say. Don't you think, Kaya?
0: Absolutely. This interview with Monica Jane was everything we love. It was playful. It was vulnerable. It was personal. And it was a ton of fun. I, I got a lot out of it personally.
1: Yeah, I agree. Monica Jane offered many, many gifts of wisdom during this conversation with us. She's present, alive, well-spoken, and she has a knack for storytelling that's pretty captivating.
0: Yes. I think at one point she left is both completely speechless
1: yeah and i'm feeling eager to get it started just thinking about it
0: mm, me too shall i hit play
1: yes please okay would you mind telling us uh who you are what pronouns you prefer and where you call home
2: awesome yes uh i go by monica jane all four syllables and it's jane with a y j-a-y-n-e I know that's a lot of information about a name, but (laughs) that's how it goes when you're a two-namer. I use she, her pronouns, and I right now call home Reno, Nevada, but I have been a digital nomad since 2015, uh, kind of traveling and being location independent.
1: Mm -hmm. I like digital nomad. That's a cool term.
2: Thank you. I've heard
1: that before. Haya, do you want to talk a little bit about you where are you hailing from today
0: yeah so um my name is Haya um I use he him pronouns and um I have just had the most wonderful mind expanding weekend and I'm not even completely convinced I'm black on planet earth um so (laughs) (laughs) I'm assuming I'm on earth so let's call it earth I'm on earth today (laughs)
1: <laughs> maybe you can take us out into space a little bit today.
0: It's a service I provide.
1: <laughs> so Monica uh, so, and Monica Jane, sorry, I might call you Monica a few times before I get it. So thank you for the patience. That's okay. Um,
2: it's typical. Okay.
1: <laughs> um, Tell us a little bit about who you are and, and what you're passionate about. What makes you tick and lights
2: you up? Oh my goodness. You asking me that lights me up. I have goosebumps Mm -hmm. all over my body, including on my cheeks. And that's when I know it's a real, real good turn on. (laughs) Um, So I am passionate about permission. And what I mean by that is that everyone give themselves their own permission to be all of who they are, no matter the context, no matter who they're with. And of course, exercise discretion. Um, It's not an all out anarchist point of view. So (laughs) I give my I'm a permissionary and I give myself permission to be who I am, desire what I want, express the needs that I have, and set boundaries and speak up for myself when I feel uh, I I'm not being honored or respected or when others are not being honored or respected. So there's a Um, justice aspect to it and permissionary aspect to who I am. And then another facet of this is that I I believe our turn on is the compass that lights the path to what is right and what is wrong for us as unique beings. So Haya's turn on tells him and Kate's turn on tells her what is a yes and what is a no. Mm -hmm. And if we all are in touch with that, then we live a life that's authentic to us rather than being robots or conditioned people um, subscribing to what we believe we should or shouldn't do and and we can be fully in touch with ourselves. And that's my kind of my life's work and my life story uh, of being completely detached from my turn on and finally giving myself that permission and space to come into it in my early 30s and how my life changed.
1: So uh, thank you. That was incredibly succinct and deep all at once. Um, And I'm wondering, can we just like dive right into that idea of the turn on being this uh, guiding force? It sounds like your compass, your sense of right and wrong for oneself. Um, I think a lot of people tend to use turn on in the sexual way. I'm hearing it in a broader sense. Can you describe that a little
2: bit more? Chills everywhere. Again, when you said I'm hearing you use it in a broader sense. That's the problem. (laughs) The problem that I feel the world has is that we have disowned our turn-ons, repressed our turn-ons, and shamed our turn-ons because we associate it exclusively with sex. Now, when someone gets a beautiful meal set in front of them or sees an amazing sunset or watches a movie, I'm getting goosebumps everywhere again, and gasps with glee or glory or enticement, that is turn-on. Turn-on is everywhere. You're either turned on or turned off or somewhere along that spectrum in every moment. Like right now, you're listening to me talk about this and you might be squiggling between turn-off and turn-on if you're someone who's been conditioned to believe that that turn-on, turn-on, turn-on. Ah, that's a bad word, just like sex. So we can call it what lights you up. We can call it what makes life worth living. Uh, We don't have to use the word. If turn on, the word, quote unquote, turn on, is a turn off for you, then let's call it something else. But the basic idea and premise of my life is that turn on is that compass that lights the way to what you are actually a yes to and what you're a no to Uh, and what it helps you know what you're a no to if you're turned off. Um, And so many people are not not fully in touch with turn on because it has been a bad thing it has a stigma to it
0: mm. I love the way that comes across Monica Jane um <laughs> that feels really real to me mm-hmm. I, I I always thought of it as a uh I, I've never used the phrases uh turn on and turn off before in that in that sense to me it's always a a curiosity or a boredom mm-hmm. um but I re- I recognize really strongly how you how you phrase this. But I guess what I'm particularly interested in is how do you how does this show up in your body? How do you know whether you are moving towards a turn on or a turn off? <laughs>
2: I'm moving toward a turn on right now because each of you, like when we're in turn on, we're in sync with each other. So Kate brought up a topic that I wanted to speak to and you just brought a topic I wanted to speak to because we're, we're vibing in, in a frequency together. Um, and that point was turn on happens in your body, not your mind. Mm. So, so many of us try to believe things about ourselves. I don't want that. I do want that. I don't want to be bound and gagged. I do want to be bound and gagged. I don't want to date that person. I want to date that person. And we try to figure it all out in our heads. And even talking about it, I'm losing touch and losing track with my body. So the way that I know that I'm turned on or turned off is I start to feel sensation and aliveness and vitality in my body. Everybody's turn on turns up (laughs) in different ways. Um, It could be exclusively genitals. It could be in your heart. It could be in your cheeks with the goosebumps that I mentioned earlier. It could be anything that feels invigorating, expansive, um, making you want to move toward instead of away from all of these types of sensations. So I'm curious, actually, to hear from the two of you, what sensations occur and where in your bodies when you are in turn on? And maybe we could talk about turn off after that. That too. is
0: such a good question. Mm-hmm. Um, shall I go first, Kate? Please. Okay. So for me, <clears throat> if you've ever seen the the movie um, Donnie Darko, there's this scene in there with this invisible finger kind of extending out of somebody's chest and kind of goes to the fridge or something Mm -hmm. and it is this it is kind of this 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 tendril of intention almost and i feel like if that is moving towards something that is my being present my being open to something um i mean i i have this experience almost every time we record a podcast where a lot of the time this is the first time i talk to our guests and i have this strong impulse to google flights to reno nevada because i want to spend time just kind of communicating with you and so that that mm. that movement toward is like i feel that so strongly and i feel like it's it's kind of physically drawing me forward forward by my heart and that feels uh that feels i think that's what my hell yes feels feels like
2: mm, beautiful thank you
0: mm. I, at
1: the beginning of that I, I like didn't quite catch what you were referencing with the finger. What were you referencing?
0: Oh, the movie Donnie Darko?
1: Oh, okay. I, is that is it a horror movie? That's what you're
0: <laughs> <laughs> You should watch it. <laughs> okay.
1: I like imagined this finger coming out of someone's body. Um and the rest of what you said was lovely. Thank you. I uh, um so turn on for me. I I love this question, and I um I'm really hearing it as like like the language of the body, like like the thing that tells me, you know, it's giving me intuitive uh, information that's different from what my head is imposing on it. That's what I heard you say, and um so for me like i'm wondering i wonder if the things that aren't sexual if there is like some kind of sexual energy that comes up that's that could be noticed more often than i do notice it um but i think what i i am aware of is like whether i'm charged with energy like excitement like the sense of like it's just easy and i'm floating forward and things are coming together and um, I have an enthusiasm for it and it kind of just like takes all of my attention and versus the like dragging, I'm kind of forcing myself to do something um, energy. So that's what the life for me this morning is this sense of like. Um, this kind of fire in my chest, maybe of like, ooh, I have energy for this, versus like, ugh, I have to kind of drag through this.
2: Yeah, yeah, drudgery is definitely not a turn on, um, <laughs> not a sensation of turn on for sure. Hmm. Um, I, what came up for me when you asked about Donnie Darko is um, the the dynamic between when we're at war. With our body, our mind is at war with our body, where something our body's saying, I want this, this is a turn on, and our mind is saying, No, that's wrong, it's bad, you shouldn't want that, you're a weirdo, don't do that, you will be cast out of society. Hmm. And the reason why that came up when you asked about Donnie Darko is because that film is weird. Like it's oh, just- but so am I. I'm so angry. <laughs> <laughs> Exactly. Yeah. And we all are. And so that's where the permissionary comes in, to give yourself that liberty to be weird. Um I need to ask a question about cussing because I tend to cuss and I didn't.
0: Don't you fucking dare? <laughs> okay,
2: <perspective>. cool. <laughs> <Yeah>. So <laughs> we don't allow ourselves to be fucking weirdos., yeah. and we all are in our own right. And so our head will put us at war with our bodies and it makes the world unsafe. So here we go. We're zooming out even further into my theory and philosophy on life, is the world would be a lot safer place. If we allowed ourselves to acknowledge and give permission for our turn on, Mm. that doesn't mean allowing and giving permission to act out on the turn on because yes, sometimes the turn on is unsafe for others and and includes non-consent. And so I'm not saying act out on the turn on, but the world would be a safer place if we allowed ourselves permission to be turned on by what we are turned on by, because then we're not repressing ourselves. We're not at war inside of ourselves and then spewing that war energy out on the grocery clerk or the people on the street as we drive down the road. Mm. Uh, And I just really believe We need we need to give ourselves this permission to be as fucking weird as we are, Mm -hmm. and accept that. And and turn on. And again, you're you're talking about a much broader
1: way of being than just what our personal kink might be, right? Like Mm -hmm. allowing the weird in the bedroom as one aspect of who we are, but there's also the you know secret desire to run off and become a writer in Bali, right? Like there's yes a whole spread mm-hmm. of positive or, yeah. or dye
2: your hair, dye your hair, pink, hmm. wear clothing. That's not, not conventional live a non-conventional life. Like I'm, I'm living this digital nomad location, independent life could move anywhere at any time at any moment. And this kind of will get into my history. I'm coming from going to college after high school, because that's what you're supposed to do majoring in business because there were other kids from my high school who were majoring in business because you don't major in art dance and theater which if I had it to do over again I would major in art dance theater and singing but I got two degrees triple major uh In college, because that's what you're supposed to do, and then after that, I went into corporate America because that's what you're supposed to do, and that's what my head was telling me. And then one day, I'm standing in the middle of my three bedroom home with a den, three car garage, the partner, the matching throw pillows and curtains, the new car, the red KitchenAid mixer on the counter in the kitchen, (laughs) just looking just like Better Homes and Gardens, Uh wondering what the fuck is going on <laughs> why if i have everything everything that everybody tells me that creates happiness do i feel so unfulfilled and so empty mm. and that's that the beginning true mm-hmm. and that was the beginning of my erotic awakening
1: mm. You use this term on your website, of uh, trailblazer of unabashed badassery. And I just mm-hmm. love that. And I'm wondering if you can. <laughs> so for me, what I'm hearing in, in that is just like, go fucking for it. Like mm-hmm. your life is not this script that needs to be checked off. Um, but tell us more about what unabashed badassery means to you and how that's played out
2: in your life. Yeah. So I'm actually surprised how frequently people ask me what unabashed means. And it makes me wonder if I need to use the term that I didn't want to use for a very good reason, which is unashamed. Unabashed is the same as unashamed. It's a synonym. Mm. But for me, I didn't want the word shame in my marketing, on my website, on my business card. Because people zero in on that. They would miss the UN before it and just like see shame. That's, that's what I thought because it's so yeah. prevalent and rampant. In our and world, and there is
0: something incredibly strange about defining yourself by what you are not. You know,
2: mm-hmm, mm-hmm.
0: people are generally not not bashed. So, <laughs> <that's> right, not... <laughs> <laughs> right,
2: exactly, exactly. So, I, I had, I had some fun actually, um, coming up with this terminology. I was, I, I was in a come to Jesus moment. I call it when you're like coming to terms with yourself. Um, I was in a come to Jesus moment with myself after I. had had left corporate America so I decided in 2015 to give away everything that I owned and take off and live off of my savings and get um, online jobs to kind of swing the pendulum all the way over to the other side from the American dream security to let's see what happens because this isn't for me at all and so I was in an apartment in the island of Malta, in the middle of the Mediterranean Sea. Uh, Malta is a teeny tiny speck underneath Sicily, which is underneath Italy. And in that apartment, I just—it was the first time I discovered something I would love to talk to you about on on this interview, which is the erotic blueprints. I had just discovered the erotic blueprints, which basically are like the love languages, but for your eroticism. They teach you what your erotic language is, how you are uniquely wired for pleasure. And so it sees each and every one of us in our unique wiring. It's why you like to be made out with a certain way and the person next to you doesn't. It's why you like to press into someone with every crack and crevice of your naked body and they feel suffocated. Hmm. It's just the difference in wiring.
1: Monica Jane, Haya and I took your quiz for this for the, um, what is it called? Is it erotic? link blueprint. Oh, a blueprint. Okay. Um, is that the same thing as the quiz on your website for erotic personality type? Okay. So I highly recommend anyone who's listening to this, go and take that quiz on monicajane.com. There's a quiz for your erotic blueprint. And, um,
2: I would love to get in this. Do you mind sharing what your type is, Monica Jane? Yes, of course. Um, so to close the loop that was just open, um, I was sitting there and I finally felt Unabashed in my eroticism, it was like the veil and not even veil—the heavy, heavy jean quilt from like the Great Depression times—was lifted off of my body, and I could finally feel unashamed, unabashed, and ready to experience my erotic awakening. Because we had just learned about those personality types? Yes. Okay. Mm -hmm. Yes. And so (laughs) I, um, I found out at the time I've evolved over time. That's what's so cool. Our eroticism is ever evolving. And so, so many of us get into patterns of, um, sex acts and intimacy, intimate acts, and it years can go by and it's still somewhat fulfilling, but it's not, um, it's not meeting us where we are in the moment. And we can get into more of that in a moment. We're, we're like piling on so many things. So <laughs> to answer your question that's at hand right now, in that moment, I found out that I was highly, highly energetic. And what an energetic blueprint means is that you are turned on by space, anticipation, and tease. And when you're in an intimate act and that space is collapsed quickly by nakedness or proximity of bodies, or the anticipation just goes away because the act ha- is presenting itself, you can just c- become completely turned off. So how many of you listening have been in the the throes of anticipation and excitement and your turn on? And then when it came to actually realizing the thing that which you were anticipating, you went dry, you went soft, you went turned off. Like you you weren't actually meeting the throes of pleasure that you had anticipated. And what that what that means is you're an energetic, erratic blueprint and it's not fed enough to the point that you're ready to transition into that level of proximity or physical intimacy. There's nothing wrong with you. Mm. You're not broken, and there's nothing to fix. It's just about understanding, accepting, knowing your turn on, how you're uniquely wired, and accepting it.
1: Thank you for that. That feels... I landed somewhere between sensuality as my personality type and the energetic so I can relate to what you're saying for sure and um, so I want to just slow it down and kind of get into it. So if someone is an energetic uh, erotic type, they might learn about themselves that they need to
2: slow down and really enjoy kind of the energy play before things get physical. Is that what I'm hearing? Yes. And the thing is there's five categories and within each of those categories Everything's infinite. So it could mean exactly what you said, but it doesn't mean that for every single energetic. But if you're, if you're running into um, issues with feeling that expansiveness suddenly become contraction and you're an energetic, you would look at timing, space, anticipation. And it could be as simple as you've been anticipating making out you start making out, it starts going away and you just instantly release your mouth from their mouth and put three feet or six feet of space between the two of you and, and just gaze at, at one another or turn around and like not even involve each other and just touch yourself with your fingertips so gently that the shape of your fingertips doesn't change. Mm-hmm. So you're like very lightly dragging your fingers on your arms. And then you come back to the to the physical act. You're just giving yourself titration between the anticipation, the actual physical act, and then anticipation and the
0: act. I want to know how many of the listeners are currently <laughs> gently dragging their fingers across their skin. <laughs> I,
2: I am. Think it's,
0: yeah, me too. It's like, wait a minute. We've just created something here.
2: Eyes closed, totally disappeared. It's like Haya said. I don't even know if I'm here right now. Yeah, it's fine if <laughs> you guys need to put us on pause and go
1: take a private moment. That's like
0: fine. <laughs> w- oh welcome to your touching <laughs> in this podcast. Exactly.
2: Take you five minutes. All of this is actually bringing up one of the one of the other types, which is kinky, and kinky has psychological. And uh, stimulation, sensation-based. Yes. So sensation-based is what we usually you know, stereotype kink as. We think of BDSM restraints and stuff like this. But what, what's happening right now is psychological kink where, where we're kind of flirting with the idea of what level of turn-on we're each doing. We can't see each other. Uh, we don't know if we're in our underwear or fully clothed. We don't know what we're touching, what sensations we're experiencing, how blushed our cheeks are. This is all just like um, psychological kinky or even what's called dark energetic energy. Hmm. So fun and luscious.
1: So fun and luscious. Makes my heart rate go up a little bit. Mm-hmm. I When I took your quiz, um, one of the things that I was delighted by is it. Uh, one of the scenarios was, you know, you're 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 laying there and you're being touched by a feather, and. That's not like I've never heard of that concept before, but it was like, oh, wait, that sounds amazing. So I wrote down, I need to buy a feather on Amazon.
2: (laughs) Like never even occurred to me how
1: amazing that would be.
2: I highly recommend the ostrich feathers. Uh, You can get them at any craft store and they come in lots of colors. So that brings in the sensual. So I'll kind of use that as a segue to transition into another type, which is sensual. And when Haya was talking earlier about his experience of watching Donnie Dark Marco and he uh, mentioned the f- it, it's like you could speak like this there was a finger coming out of their chest toward the refrigerator that's a, a sexual way of speaking in the erotic blueprints but what Haya said was it was like a tendril of intention journey journeying toward the refrigerator mm. and that is sensual so there's the sensual blueprint sexual blueprint kinky energetic and then the blueprint that needs all of the things. But let's just give a moment because sensual blueprints love lavishing in the moment. Sensuals are the the type that can just, not even penetration, but all the foreplay, all the lead up, setting the scene, the ambiance, and just lavishing in the tendril of intention. And this type of vocal tone that's sinuous and thick and delicious, this is the sensual erotic blueprint.
1: Haya and I are like, (laughs) who's going to jump in after that?
0: I I think we're having some sort of an intellectual threesome right now, and I'm here for it. Mm
2: -hmm. Uh, Which, by the way, sapiosexuality um, being turned on by stimulating intellectual conversation is very much an energetic and a psychological kinky uh, turn on. Mm. So, when when you're familiar with each of these types, just like when I explained that energetic is turned on by space anticipation and tease. And I changed my vocal tone, the cadence of my words, the way that I said them, and then with the tendril of intention. You can change the way you speak, the way you move, the energy behind you. And you're doing it naturally because your body knows what turns you on. But what's so cool is when you Go into the study of the erotic blueprints, you can do it now with intention, just like that tendril of intention. You you become the tendril of intention <laughs> <laughs> in your daily life experience. When you're choosing what job to say yes to, when you're choosing what meal to eat, when you're deciding what clothing to wear or car to buy or friend to hang out with, you can become aware of what energies sensual energetic sexual kinky are within these decisions and choices and you become aware of which needs fed inside of you because some of us need a variety and others of us are you know purebred more purebred and and we need just the one so this is this is how i awoke erotically i let go of my shame I, was, I felt seen, heard, and understood for the first time in my sexuality because I am not sensual and uh, I'm not the stereotypical sensual which most female, most vulva-bodied uh, people are portrayed as in the media. Um, I don't know about you, Kate, or even Haya, how you resonate with that where women are shown. To be turned on by candlelight dinners, romancing, satin sheets, roses, rose petal pathways sprinkled to the bedroom. Mm-hmm. And if 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 you aren't turned on by that as a vulva-bodied person, there's something wrong with you. You don't woman mm-hmm. correctly. Well, and for me, like I, I think I do tend to have a lot of sensuality
1: in me. And that um, came out as one of my stronger types. But for me, mm. it's... Um, like I really enjoy the like slow touches and the kind of build up and um the romance of like candles and music that all, I do really enjoy all that but I think that what's can be hurtful or damaging to like our sense of self is if i believed that's all i can be right like
0: mm-hmm. and there
1: it's also true that i just like to like have very hot all of a sudden we're just fucking sex like that's very exciting mm-hmm. as well um but for me there's a balance and i think that like um and this is kind of similar to the like five personality types of love languages right like i love being loved in all of those ways it's just what do i lead with or what what would i miss if it was really absent that's how i'm holding these erotic types as well.
2: Yeah. And this is pointing to starvation. So, so many of us, because we deny our turn on, we don't give ourselves permission to be fucking weirdos. (laughs) We are running around in starvation, unfed in these areas. And we don't even know it because no one is giving permission to talk about it. And to be this in depth with understanding our eroticism and sexuality, like you're not supposed to talk about sex in the first place, let alone the nuances of it, of how often do you want the sensuality and how often do you just want to fuck, Kate? Mm-hmm. And to to admit that you just want to fuck. So the women who are sexual erotic blueprints, the ones who are, who are just DTF most of the time, which is not what you said, um, but those that are, they're the ones that we call sluts and whores in our society. And the men who are mainly energetic, and I'd love to hear Haya's perspective here, as a he/him identifier, the men who are not sexual blueprints—they're not like down to fuck, rip their clothes off, super hard, can keep it up, blah blah blah, blah—they're the wimps and the pussies. They they get labeled wimps and pussies, especially the ones who are energetic. Men who are energetic are wimps and pussies and there's something wrong with them because actually they might be experiencing quote unquote erectile dysfunction but what it is is the space anticipation and tease was collapsed too quickly for their body there's nothing wrong with them and when we acknowledge they're energetic and feed that they will not have erectile dysfunction they will not have premature ejaculation issues and again, nothing needs to be fixed. Nothing's broken. It's just a misunderstanding or a lack of desire of our society to understand. So I'd love to hear from Haya what your experience is as a he him in that realm and other he hims that you know,
0: yeah.
2: <laughs> who, 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 who aren't like rock hard Fabio stereotypes,
0: I think my experience is really quite interesting in that universe in that I don't particularly, I, I went through an exercise not that long ago about um, uh, like gender identity, et cetera. And I realized that I don't, I don't identify that strongly as male. And what I mean by that is that I don't really feel married to that anymore that I feel married to, you know, I have a Dutch passport, but I get very confused when somebody refers to me as Dutch. And similarly, it is not surprising to me that people refer to me as male, but I'm like, I don't, I don't necessarily feel that I need to be labeled in that or any other way. And I grieve for for exactly what you were just talking about. You know, the, the strong gender-typed stereotypes where... Um, women who know what they want sexually are labeled in one way and men who just like to be gentle sensual explorers are labeled in another way and that it's that it isn't okay to be um, explorative in general when i did your test i realized i i am kind of shapeshiftery in every other in every possible way i do i am i am turned on by all the different things, but it depends on the energy that comes back to me from the person I'm exploring with. And it depends heavily on context um, for me.
2: I love that you're bringing up what I call attunement. It depends on the energy coming back to me uh, from the other person. And that <clears throat> that actually, Haya, is a superpower of the shapeshifter erotic blueprint, which we say is the most sophisticated blueprint because you can be attuned to all of the blueprints, all of the needs of the blueprints. And it actually brings up a concern, and that is what we call a blueprint shadow, where the shapeshifter is so good at being a chameleon with their partners that you might, if, if you listeners are are resonating with being a shapeshifter and needing a variety and all of the things, have you ever had an amazing sex life with a partner or partners and time goes by, months goes by, it's amazing. And then all of a sudden, one day out of nowhere, you feel unsatisfied, resentful, and pissed off and don't want anything to do with it. And you don't understand because yesterday it was fine. It was great. It was fantastic. In fact, and what that is, is the shapeshifter shadow of being a chameleon and being able to be pleased in all of the blueprints. So you can be pleased in your partners. But if your partners isn't varied enough for you or within what we call the blueprint stack that you require, which is like the hierarchical um, arrangement for your body, of which blueprint is the most important um, to feed you first and then the next one and then the next and then the next. You're just in a blueprint shadow of being a chameleon. And once you know and understand mm. that and feel empowered to hear your voice and your needs, it's a beautiful thing. So how does that land with you, Hayat?
0: Oh, you! I feel very seen right now. Mm-hmm. That is almost to a T, a perfect description of me. I, I, The way I usually explain this to people, and I think your explanation is actually better, but the way I usually explain this is that I'm not particularly dummy. I'm not that dominant um, sexually. Um, but if I come across somebody who is extremely submissive and gets off on that massively, then suddenly I am a dom. That's just how that goes. <laughs> mm-hmm. right,
2: it just, uh,
0: here I am. Uh, because I, I sense the energy I get back, and then I just kind of like, oh, if I lean this way, It amplifies, and that feels good to me. That feels good to them. And then you're in this beautiful upward spiral. Um, And that is very good. The other thing that just struck me is, um, again, grief. The the grief I felt was, what if I don't know what I like? What if I'm really just fully reacting to what other people are experiencing (sighs) and not living out the me that I want to be?
2: That is... I I have chills everywhere and I my wish is for everyone to have that self inquiry to give themselves permission even though the answer might be painful and you'll realize that there are some some changes some shifts some differences that you need to make in your life in order to come to terms with who you truly fucking are like wake up hmm and allow it and I just I love that you're you're having this this inquiry and it doesn't have to be some forced crazy journey it's a journey of like discovery and exploration it can start with curiosity and research and entertaining the idea of it and then slowly coming into adventure Haya where you you speak up for your needs you actually approach a a sexual encounter with stating your needs, wants, and desires instead of playing off of the partner exclusively or 90% or 80% of the time. And that can can be an extremely liberating moment for a shapeshifter in shadow to finally own their voice, own their body, own their turn-on, own their boundaries, own their consent, another shadow of a shapeshifter is that you you actually are on the giving side when you're not really in consent. That can be another shadow possibility because you are so good at knowing other people's erratic needs and and attuning to them, but really you're you're a no. You might be tired, you might not want to do it, it might be degrading or something like this, but but you're doing it anyway. Um so thank you for Uh, outing yourself for having that inquiry and for what it means for me is an invitation to everyone listening whether they resonate with shapeshifter or not Mm -hmm. you don't have to be a shapeshifter in order to have shapeshifter shadow it you can have the superpowers of one blueprint and the shadows of another so they don't like go hand in hand so another example of a shadow would be like a sexual blueprint shadow would be, why, why do we have to do all this complicated shit? Why can't we just get to it? Like, why are you so complicated? Mm-hmm. This is something so many of my clients have heard. Why are you so complicated?
1: The shapeshifter will hear that from their partners, is what you're saying?
2: Oh boy. Um, <laughs> or anyone in their a, life. Any, anyone will hear it from someone in a sexual shadow. Um, a sexual shadow includes, um, we have to orgasm or climax, otherwise it's not worth it. Um, it needs to be simple and straightforward and and joyous and easy. Mm -hmm. And those are actually the sexual superpowers. They bring simplicity, joy and ease to the sexual experience, but they get in shadow when they start to judge others for not being that way. And so Katie brought up an amazing point, which is, A shadow of a shapeshifter would be thinking that they are too much. Mm -hmm. And yes, unfortunately, you may have been told by one person or 10 people that you are too much. And the thing is, they're seeing you as broken and that there's something to fix. And the truth of you is you are not broken. There is nothing to fix. This person in front of you just doesn't fucking understand you. And please, please continue to love yourself and give yourself permission to be all of who you are so you don't shrivel up and die in your eroticism Mm -hmm. on the inside. Turn off your turn-on, disconnect, and become like an empty shell of a person walking this earth. Mm -hmm. Because one, that's not good for you. And two, I'm bringing that back to the theme of unsafety that creates an unsafe world when we are walking around unfulfilled and starving as erotic. Beings. And
1: what I love about this, I, I'm actually kind of a geek for any kind of like personality type. I love the Enneagram, you know, Myers Briggs, whatever. But but this mm-hmm. in particular is just adding a lot of depth to the the kind of sexual world what's powerful about that too is not only then can you start to see, you know, the shame you're putting on me, but I can learn more about myself and learn the language to share with you so that you can become more enlightened to who I am and we can work better together as a team, right? So there's
2: Yay. Good, right. hallelujah Welcome. hallelujah hallelujah
1: I think
0: you just graduated Kate
1: hallelujah. I hope you sing that for every one of your students
2: Monica Jane that felt very I do <laughs> I have a celebration bell that I ring as well and a kazoo and all kinds of things oh I mean seriously like about not taking it so seriously. Like a lot of the talk that we've had here has oscillated between like fun and delight and seriousness. Mm -hmm. And it's like, we think that we have to be so serious when we talk about sex and sex education and it doesn't have to be like, we can be Mm -hmm. silly and fun and have a really, really good time. And so, yes, Kate, yes, yes, yes. We subscribe to shame given to us from others. We subscribe from shame given to ourselves from ourselves. And when we become aware of this, we can graduate and uh, become free, erotically free and liberated and like fully realized. Mm. Yes, yes, yes. I love it. (laughs) I do. Oh, go ahead. Uh, I um, I was just going to say, I love your energy,
1: Monica Jade. It's just Infectious, and I'm so grateful to you for bringing so much of yourself and your knowledge. You clearly have so much in-depth knowledge about this area, and um,
2: it's just such a joy to listen to you talk about it. Thank awesome. you. Well, and and so that actually is a great segue to speak to something that I really feel is important um, for the listeners to hear, um, and that is, I wasn't always this way. When I started on my path of erratic liberation. I found all of the mentors and teachers that I found tended to be people who spoke like this. Ever since I was two years old, I've been self-pleasuring and masturbating and so in touch with my sexuality. I I'm I've been sexually I I was born, you know, <laughs> sexual. I was born mm. orgasming. And, and all of this stuff, which I'm not shame I'm there's nothing wrong with that. I wasn't that way. So what I'm saying is um it was hard for me to feel like they could know and understand where I was coming from because they had never been in the turmoil that I was in. And to speak to that turmoil, I grew up Catholic in a cow pasture in Wyoming amongst Mormons, like the, the, whole, the whole town, like 90% of people were LDS Mormon and I was Catholic. And so my mom was very sheltered and prudish in her sexuality. We never talked about it. When we were watching a movie on TV that people started making out, it got a little heavy. She would cover, reach over and cover my eyes. If it got too noisy, try to see this in your head, mom reaching over, covering the eyes. If it got too noisy, she would actually grab the other side of my head, my ear, and put the second ear on her thigh and cover my ears and my eyes. And then when it was safe, quote unquote safe, she would let me back up. Hmm. So my theory is that wired my body to instantly abort, abort when turn on starts to happen. And so I had 10 years of penetrative sexual experience. Actually, it was probably 14 if you count um, like fingering and stuff like that. Um, Before my, we're we're making a rapid transition right here. Before my mom was on her deathbed. Mm -hmm. And they gave her 60 to 90 days to live. And it was apparent she was going to be gone in less than a week. After she finally decided, okay, I'm going to give up this battle against cancer and, and surrender. So I started asking her all the questions. What's it take to be a good mom? What's it take to be a good wife? How did you know dad was the one? Is there any message you want the world to know? Um, all those questions and recording it. And then I realized I had the question about sex. I was in turmoil because I had spent 10 years or 14 years with the typical something in my vagina and I'm not orgasming like what is wrong with me and so I realized I I was scared to ask my mom because I didn't want to ruin her dignity on the deathbed but I realized at 28 at the time that's a lot of years to live wondering what would have happened if I asked her and that would be torture to have to live the rest of my life that way and I could ask and if she didn't want to talk about it she could say no so with all of that preamble to her, I, I said, so I have a question about sex. Mm-hmm. And she, she makes a big huffy, puffy breath and <sighs> looks at the floor and looks back at me and says, what is it? And I said, mom, have you ever had an orgasm? Mm. Another huffy, puffy breath. She looks to the floor. She kind of rolls her eyes around the room and looks back at me with a grave facial expression and says, I don't know.
0: (sighs) Mm -hmm.
2: She had just turned 58. And I said, what do you mean you don't know? (laughs) Because I wanted her to answer all of the questions and like save me from myself and solve my life's problems and issues. She was going to be gone tomorrow. And we had a long conversation, our first and only conversation about sex and sexuality and orgasms. And it ended with her saying to me, if I had it to do over again, Monica Jane, I would be more open and adventurous sexually. Wow. (sighs) So it took about two years for my mother's permission to become my own permission to myself and really blaze this trail of badassery into my full erotic expression. And I've been doing that ever since. It's been 10 years and I just want everybody to know like there's nothing broken. There's nothing to fix. It's all about understanding reclaiming your turn on, I call it resurrecting your turn on Mm. as a cute little play on words from being Catholic, (laughs) (laughs) resurrect your turn on, give yourself permission and acceptance and lean in. And again, to Kate's point, it's not all about sex acts. It's about the way my desk is decorated right now, the way my room is set up. It's this way because I'm in touch with my turn on, Before, it looked like fucking better homes and gardens because I wasn't listening to myself. I wasn't tapped in. And now you get to wear popsicle t-shirts to podcast. Yes. (laughs) Yes. Exactly. Exactly. What delights you? What gives you pleasure? That's how this journey started was the invitation from a mentor. What delights you? What gives you pleasure? The problem is I didn't know and I was so frustrated with that mentor for two years until I tapped into this erratic blueprint framework where I could finally know that I'm not broken and I can give myself permission for what turns me on. So I love all of that out there now for like, what gives you pleasure? Follow your heart, blah, blah, blah. I was like, fuck you. I don't know what that is. And it was so frustrating. And all of that stuff that was meant to be a positive invitation to me just made me so mad and enraged because I didn't know myself and I didn't know the answer. And my sense is there will be listeners and maybe the two of you resonate with that. It's like, I don't know. I don't know. I'm not tapped in, and it can be so frustrating. And I'm here to say it does not have to be that way at all.
1: It can end tomorrow. I think that's an incredible point to wrap up. We are out of time, but just so juicy and so connected. And I'm just, I loved this episode talking to you, Monica Jane, and hearing about this blueprint uh, framework and how it related to your own life. Thank you for sharing. That story about your mm-hmm. mother, um, that was truly profound, and I'm struck by your courage that you were able to ask mm-hmm. her that question mm-hmm. and uh, surmount the years of patterning of we don't talk about this. Um, right, ancestral too, Ancestral. Mm-hmm. and yes. So just I I'm inspired by that, and I know that our listeners will be as well. So thank you for that. And mm-hmm. where can we learn more about you, and where can people get in touch with you?
2: Awesome. I love people. <laughs> and I love to be in touch. So please, 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 anyone and everyone interested, please do get in touch with me. Uh, I suggest going to monicajane.com. So that's M-O-N-I-C-A-J-A-Y ecom So again, that Jane has a Y in it. J-A-Y-N-E.com/slash/more. M-O-R-E. And that is my landing page for all things uh, related to. If you want to know more, I change and adjust that page depending on what it is that's alive for me and turning me on in. Any given moment. So I don't know what's going to be there for you. And if you're an energetic, this is really tantalizing and turning you on. And if you're a sexual, you're like, come on, get to the point. (laughs) And that's okay. But there might be a quiz, there might be a free PDF, there might be an invitation to a webinar. Um, There's definitely a contact form so you can write me there and uh, get in touch with any specific questions or inquiries you have. And again, I am a permissionary for you to ask whatever you want about sex. I'm all about teaching practical sex education for adults. And one of the biggest pieces of feedback I get is, oh my God, I've never been so open and I feel so accepted and so loved and given so much space. Kind of like Haya said earlier, I feel so seen and heard right now. Thank you. And that's what I want to give to you and all of the listeners. So please, please contact me, monikajane.com slash more. I use that contact form there or get any of the free yummy goodies that are available to you.
0: Mm, That is such a gift. Thank you. There's a question that I love to ask everybody that we have on the podcast, which is, what is the one song you can't not dance to?
2: (laughs) Haya, that is like every single song. (laughs)
0: I have my, my suspicions.
2: <laughs> my <laughs> I'm a shapeshifter, so everything and anything is just like curiosity. You said for you turn on turn off could be the spectrum of curiosity and boredom. And yeah. I'm I'm like majorly curious about everything all the time and my tushy or foot start start my tushy starts moving or my foot foot starts tapping or my head starts bobbing or my um chest starts shaking any music that comes on classical to like punk rock and everything in between um so all of the things (laughs) we'll accept that answer from you and only you
1: (laughs) only me and all of (laughs) (laughs) we'll have to start by answering that question from now on oh my gosh thank you monica jane it's been such a delight
0: Well, that's all for this episode. Thank you for listening.
1: For more information about the Human Awareness Institute and to learn more about our workshops, please visit our website at hai.org. That's h-a-i.org.
0: This show was produced by my wonderful co-host, Kate Gillisby.
1: And it was edited and co-produced by my equally delightful co-host, Haya Camps.
0: Our introduction music is called Dance With Me and it is performed and produced by our wonderful high workshop participant, Gypsy Jack van Bree.
1: It was a pleasure to have you with us. See you soon. Ciao.